Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of Bucket List, a channel for crisp and fun summaries to the most fascinating fiction and non-fiction books. The first book that I'll dive into is Sally Rooney's Conversations with Friends. I'm sure a lot of my intellectual friends would kill me for summarizing a book so intense and monumental, but everyone just deserves to know the story. So apologies to the author, to my intellectual friends and every Marxist out there who will invariably take offense. I am of your tribe, trust me. Rain is pattering on my roof as I narrate this. So amidst the beauty, let's begin. The narrator for the book is Frances. She's a 21-year-old university student in Dublin. We are deeply situated in her perspective throughout the novel. Halfway through the novel, I almost felt like I had started thinking like her, which is how amazingly and specifically edged her character is from the beginning itself. She does spoken word poetry with her friend Bobby, who she met in secondary school. Their meet-cute is, well, quite inane and complex at the same time. So imagine a school dance and Francis and Bobby in an empty corridor. Bobby asked Francis if she liked girls, to which Francis replied, sure, which is how they start dating. They break up after a year of being together. The story doesn't tell us why, maybe it's as unceremonious as the way they start the relationship, who knows. But they continue to remain friends and do spoken word at college together. The book begins at a poetry night where they meet Melissa for the first time. She's a partly famous photographer who deeply appreciates their performance. As all of this is happening, Frances stands self-consciously holding her left wrist with her right hand as if she's afraid it would get away from her. This self-consciousness, this coming out of her own body and looking at herself is such an active part of Frances. You see it not only in what she thinks but also in the way she carries herself. It's also in these moments that the author builds Frances as a character and it's really exciting to capture these moments as a reader. My long aside aside, (laughs) Melissa invites them to come back to her house for a drink. As they talk over glasses of wine, Melissa introduces them to her husband Nick who is also a partly famous actor. He doesn't seem to indulge and excuses himself since he has to film early the next day. The three women continue to discuss religion, Patricia Lockwood and pay gap feminism. Oh, how I wish I was a part of that conversation. Frances is aware that she has nothing witty to say and is also aware that she just laughs and nods a lot. It gets late so Frances and Bobby end up sleeping in a spare room in the house with the muffled sounds of Melissa and Nick kind of yelling at each other. Next day, Melissa sends them some pictures she had taken the previous night and asks if she could do a profile on them, and they agree. Bobby tells Frances that she has a crush on Melissa and also that she thinks Melissa likes her back. Frances never really knows whether Bobby is being serious or just joking. Not just now, but in general, she never knows. So she has practiced adopting a zen-like acceptance to everything Bobby says. Moving on, Melissa invites them for dinner to do that profile piece. When Melissa opens the door, Frances registers her expressive smile. Point to be noted that Frances knows that she will try to rehearse that exact smile in the mirror later. Frances at various points comes off as being very performative about her social interactions. She fake laughs, rehearses her expressions um, she's going to give before meeting people. 
I guess it's the awkwardness that makes her more likable, at least to me. When Francis and Bobby enter the house, Nick is chopping vegetables and there's a dog too by the way, but it kind of seems like it's Nick's dog rather than a common pet. Francis had looked him up online since the last time and seen a lot of shirtless photos from mostly from when he was younger. All of them sit down to talk and Bobby tells Melissa that Francis does all the writing for the spoken word poetry, but Francis knows that on stage Bobby was a better performer. During dinner, Francis is uncomfortable with Melissa's cheery forcefulness, which has the opposite effect on Bobby, who seems to be really enjoying herself. After dinner, Bobby and Melissa leave to take some pictures in the conservatory. Nick asks Francis if she thinks Melissa is playing favorites, to which Francis remarks that Bobby is everyone's favorite. Don't we all have friends who just light up the room wherever they go and in our heads we believe that we can be conveniently ignored when they are around? Well, Frances only partly thinks that of Bobby. She also knows that for some people Bobby can be quite overpowering while Frances' unimposing presence makes people feel comfortable. Anyhow, so Nick says that he in fact warmed up to Frances better than Bobby because he is attracted to, and I quote, poetic types. Flirtatious much, I guess. I love Frances's reply to this. She says, Oh, well, I have a rich inner life, believe me. Trust me, I'm using this line at every party I go to from this day forward. Frances and Nick talk for a while till Bobby and Melissa come back. Melissa promises to email the photographs and Frances and Bobby leave. While walking to the bus stop, Frances asks Bobby if she had a good time, to which Bobby says, that she thinks that Melissa isn't happy with Nick. Francis feels an urge to defend him and says that he has a humorous silence, but Bobby doesn't respond to that and the conversation ends. After this, we get some background information on Francis. Her parents separated when she was 12 and she lives in an apartment that belongs to her father's cousin. She has an internship with a literary agency, a job that involves going through manuscripts. Isn't that a lovely job? Her co-intern Philip once points out that this is how privilege gets perpetuated. Rich assholes like them get unpaid internships and get job offers off the back of them. The communist in Francis almost immediately responds, Speak for yourself, I'm never getting a job. And she wasn't kidding about it. She never wanted to earn money for doing anything. She had checked and according to Wikipedia, Average yearly income per person would be $16,100 if the gross world product was divided evenly and she had no intention of making more money than that. The next day, Frances looks at the pictures Melissa sends and is surprised to find that she was as beautifully captured as Bobby. She particularly liked one picture where she's gazing at Nick with a dreamy expression and he's looking back at her. She feels that the picture captured an intimate moment that never happened. Or maybe I guess she has not come to a point where she can admit that there was intimacy in that moment. Now we move on to another poetry reading by Francis and Bobby. It's strange how we never hear any of the poems that they have written. We just hear that they're good from other people. I guess if we heard them and didn't like them as readers, we wouldn't be able to believe that Frances is poetically gifted. Or maybe Sally Rooney herself isn't poetically gifted. Mm, No offense. It doesn't really affect the story in a major way, so let's move on from all that rambling. After the reading, Melissa says she enjoyed the performance and Nick 
couldn't hear it because he came late but was sure they were great melissa told them that nick was playing a part in a rendition of cat on a hot tin roof then melissa and bobby leaped to grab a drink frances mentions that she would like to see the play and nick promises to hold tickets for her all the while texting on his phone this makes frances thinks that he's not sincere about the offer but the next day melissa sends her an email saying two tickets have been kept aside for her and also gives her nick's email id to get in touch bobby has to go out for dinner with her father so philip accompanies frances to the play they find the play and the other actors underwhelming but nick is spectacularly beautiful Do you also mind when the author doesn't tell you what a person looks like but just keeps emphasizing that they're beautiful or maybe they don't so that you can bring your own version of beauty to the table while imagining that person that's snippet of my overthinking head aside Frances comes back home and after writing and deleting multiple messages finally sends Nick a thank you email and congratulates him for his performance Bobby comes back from the dinner with her rich father it's funny how frances points out to the readers that bobby doesn't apply any of her anti establishment principles to her own father who treated her with a three course meal at a fancy restaurant they talk on the phone and bobby reasserts that she thinks that melissa is depressed because nick is hostile towards her and reminds frances of the yelling on the first night at their house Frances notes that Bobby just sees Nick as a background figure who is a function of Melissa's unhappiness and Frances struggles to impress Bobby with his significance. The next chapter begins with Frances's commentary on herself where she says that her ego had always been an issue and when bad things happened to her she would make herself feel better by thinking about how smart she was. <laughs> Uh, when she couldn't make friends in school she would fantasize that she was smarter than all the students and the teachers in terms of the plot we move to the next poetry night where frances moves their set to a later time so that nick can come and watch she's extremely nervous and keeps staring at herself in the mirror that night bobby makes everyone laugh and gets a lot of applause and it it is at that point that nick nick walks into the venue Frances, Bobby and Philip walk up to Melissa and Nick after some time. Nick apologizes about missing the performance. Frances tries to avoid looking at him. During the conversation, Bobby points out to Nick that Frances is bisexual, to which Frances responds, "Yeah, I'm kind of an omnivore." Everyone laughs at that, and Melissa chips in with a "Me too." Frances could sense that Bobby was excited by this new information. Nick finally turns to Francis and apologizes for being late and she tells him that she didn't mind. He said he had read her poetry and would send his compliments over an email to which Francis says that she likes getting compliments where she doesn't have to make eye contact with the person. Francis is just aspirational of the bad witty sometimes and it's strange how she keeps thinking that Bobby is like the life of the party wherever she goes but actually she is the one with the witty lines when frances comes back to her apartments apartment she thinks she's actually glad that nick came in during the applause and not the performance because him witnessing how much people approved of her made her, made it easier for her to talk to him If you like where this is going but would like to read it yourself go ahead and buy a copy and read on from chapter 6 if not 
I will see you in the next episode where I summarize this crazy erratic narrative in a fun and crisp manner. Keep reading lots of book love to all my listeners which as of now is just my little sister on gunpoint. Have a great time guys.